Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue our top 100 favorite movies ever. I am Colton Robertson, and I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And today, we are on part three of that top 100 favorite movies list. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the 70s, 70 through 79, part three of our 10-part series on our favorite movies ever. Um, and this, this list is exactly what, like what we're saying it's favorites. You know, we're not, we're not doing the top 100 best movies of all time. I've said that for the last two parts If this is your first time joining us. Hey, I'm happy you're here, but I do recommend you go listen to the eighties and the 90 through 100 episode. Um, but this, me and Joe are not equipped to tell you the top 100 best movies of all time, nor do I think anyone is. It's a subjective subjective topic and you should treat it like it's subjective so we're doing our top 100 favorite movies not the top 100 best movies i think that's an important distinction as so many treat them as the same thing when they are not the same thing Mm -hmm. so uh yeah today we've got the 70s and i am so very excited because the list is i mean i love all 100 of these movies but it just you know the higher you get up the list the more i'm gonna like these movies that's the thing it's just it's it's heating up and it's heating up fast Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, I got a, I got some that are definitely like without a doubt not in the top 100 greatest movies of all time. That's for sure yeah. in this list. But it's you know a lot, some of them like I do like just as movies, but then others they have some special impact on my life. Yeah, they've or, got a, they've got a particular or, meaning yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's, I mean that's where I'm starting. Like for sure, my 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 first one. It is. It's not. I don't hold it as like a critically amazing film, but man. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at what I have outside my top fifty, mm-hmm. and I've, I'd say I've got five movies that are pretty widely considered five of the greatest movies of all time, and that's wow. before I get to my top fifty. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's completely subjective. Um, and. 100 movies there are so many movies there are thousands and thousands and thousands of movies and limiting it to 100 was incredibly difficult but we're here and uh, i've given a couple first watches since we began this project Mm. so i wanted to give i wanted to give some honorable mentions to stuff that would have been on the list had we not committed to this uh Mm. had i not committed to the list now i can't remove shit i can't remove anything you know when we were in the 80s and 90s I could get away with it. You know, I could mm-hmm. get away with the like, okay, I could slide this one out and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's no longer the so case. easy. Yeah. Um, and uh, the ones that I, I've watched recently that I would say would find themselves up there. I've got a few of them. I've got a few of them. Uh, so I, I want to give uh, some shout outs to uh, the sword of doom. Uh, it's a Japanese film directed by Kihachi Okamoto. Uh, got uh, 
Tatsuya Nakadai and uh, Toshiro Mifune. Gnarly fucking samurai movie. Mm. Just absolutely absurd. Uh, the Suju River, directed by Lu Ye, 2000 movie. Uh, Chinese film about a romance that's just absolutely heartbreaking and heartmending all at once, and I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, and then the last one, uh, Collateral, 2004, directed by Michael Mann, starring Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Um, absolutely, absolutely fucking nutso movie. I absolutely adored it. Watched this just the other night, and like, I will be rewatching this again. And it would be in this top 100 if I was comfortable, uh, eliminating anything, but I'm not. I can't at this point. And so maybe next time when we revisit this topic and, a year or two, maybe it'll find its way in here, and it almost certainly will. But uh, hmm. those were the three that I wanted to give a little love uh, before we moved on here. So, uh, right. if you've got a, if you've got any honorable mentions, you can throw them out. If not, give me your seventy nine. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I, I did just watch Across uh, the Spider Verse. Came out digitally uh, yesterday. Weird recording times here, a little fluctuation there, but uh, it, it it's still probably on this list. Um, but I already, I don't know, I feel like I'll, I'll just kind of group it in with where mm. Into the Spider-Verse is. Uh, so it won't take up two slots. But um, that'd be kind of the only only first watch that I've done that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably mm. up here. Right. Um, but have not have not uh, eliminated a spot. And, and quite the switch up for 79. Um, <laughs> no samurais, no, uh, no, um, any, no, not, not nothing real here. Uh but uh, I don't know. It's a movie that I just I loved as a kid, and it actually is what kind of made me think that I wanted to be an engineer or like kind of go down that route. Um, and it is 2005's Robots, um, directed ah. by Chris Wedge and Carlos Saldana, um, starring Ewan McGregor, um, our Obi Wan Kenobi as Rodney Copperbottom, um, Halle Berry, Robin Williams, Mel Brooks, Paula Abdul, um, Amanda Bynes. Is even in here, Drew Carey. Uh, but yeah, a couple, couple people. Uh, for the longest time, I had no idea that it was Ewan McGregor as Rodney. Um, I just had no idea. I don't know when it hit me. I was probably looking at the IMDb like mm. at, at some point a while ago. But but man, I just I watched this movie to death, and it like it, it. This was just kind of I have kind of you know like a like a Danny Phantom, like just a, a like a cool guy that like. I'm never going to be Danny Phantom, but, like, I wish I could have been <laughs> Danny Phantom. But yeah. this was kind of the first one where I'm kind of like, okay, you know, Rodney, he's like, he was just a, a regular kid. This feels attainable. And, yeah, and and it was like, you know, he was an inventor. That was his thing. Um, and he always just fixed problems. You know, his dad was a dishwasher. He made a little robot to help him wash the dishes. And then mm. they're like, you got to go to Robot City. You know, you got to – you can't stay here in this small town. You got to You got to go – I don't know, kind of the equivalent of, I guess, going to college, but for, for a robot, you go to the city and you, you try to meet Big Well, you know, the big the big goat inventor of the world. Um, but I don't know, I just, I love um, Robin Williams in this is, is just amazing. Um, mm. What's his character name? Yeah, Fender. Um, the Red Fender. Robot, if you remember him. Um, I don't know, have you, have you even seen this movie? I oh, to, yeah, fuck okay, yeah. Okay, um, I, I want because I feel like, I feel like a lot of kids our age, or a lot of this people was our the, age. This was the big one. I remember there was also uh, McDonald's had the Happy Meal toys with this one. 
Um, mm. they, they released a line of Happy Meal toys with this movie. Um, and that was, I, when I was little, that was a huge piece oh, of promotion for movies yeah. for me. Like if they had a Happy Meal toy, I wanted to see that fucking movie. And I'm fairly certain robots did because I have, I have various action figures here at my house of like yeah. Rodney and a few other characters. Um, there's a big ass bin actually in the corner over here that has all the little fucking figures from my yeah. childhood. Um, and I'm sure Rodney is in that somewhere. Yeah. I just love like all the, the machines that were in this. Like, I mean, they're over the top and it's insane, but like all just the, the Rube Goldberg kind of esque, like, little ball that you would travel in is like their transport system. You just roll around in this like Ferris wheel kind mm. of track ball thing. And, and then I don't know, I'll just, it, it, it just kind of sparked that, that kind of, uh, inventor slash engineering, yeah. I guess, part of my brain. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, I actually just watched it, um, not too long ago, like uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or something. And I'm like, oh man, now this one, this one, it, it got elevated past that, like, bottom ten of, like, the yeah. movies I watched as a kid. Because it had, like, some more of, like, a personal connection to it. Um, I dig it. I dig it. No, that's yeah. a great that's a great one to start the list with, man. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed Robots a whole lot when I was younger. And it's one that I haven't revisited in so long. Uh, mm -hmm. But I remember just being yeah, that's yeah. five years old. Never, I remember I'm being fascinated man, by it and kind of being like, whoa, this yeah. is so cool, man. Uh, but no, that's a great way to start the seventies. I love it. And, uh, I'm actually gonna, you know, you said no samurais in this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no samurais. Uh, this is where I've got another samurai film, uh, at 79. Uh, this is where I have yet my, my second Akira Kurosawa film, uh, 1958's The Hidden Fortress starring Toshiro Mifune as well. I had Rashomon. At 89, I've got Hidden Fortress here at 79. So starting a couple episodes in a row with an Akira Kurosawa. Um, this is the movie. You've heard this. I've, I guarantee it as a Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. The first Star Wars is a carbon copy of this Akira Kurosawa movie. Yeah. It is oh, the yeah. Hidden Fortress. That is the one that, uh, people, people will regard as a carbon copy, uh, for, for the creation of Star Wars. And oh my goodness, there is certainly an influence. Uh, there, there's definitely an overwhelmingly clear influence on, uh, on the franchise we've come to regard as God, as mm -hmm. it were. Um, <laughs> and, uh, just like the, the transitions, you know, the swiping, the, you know, like that, that whole thing, that's kind of, that's Kurosawa's got that sort of vibe in the hidden fortress. I mean, you're dealing with a princess who's getting escorted by a couple of, uh, a couple of dudes, um, try, but the princess has a, is a free thinker, a mind of her own. She's kind of a badass. She's kind of got it like that. Um, it's a super fun movie and I, I strongly recommend it. Um, you yeah, know, think, uh, as far as I get dip my toes into the old movies, this is like probably where I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Uh, is because I mean, I've heard so much about just all the care, like just the inspiration for Star Wars. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't believe I, it, I haven't checked it out. No, you yeah, know, it's it's within the last it's it's within the last year that I've finally gotten around to it. Last mm -hmm. probably even last six months, you know. I think it was I think I watched this mm -hmm. movie for the first time earlier this year. And uh I was I, I was astonished, you know, like there's there's an element to it that's just so captivating. And I love Toshiro Mifune as an actor. He was actually uh in the creation of Star Wars, George Lucas's original 
idealization of Obi-Wan Kenobi was an old Japanese man played by Toshiro Mifune. Uh, that was, that was the goal. That's what they wanted. Uh, mm. but, uh, you know, you, you settle for Alec Guinness. You're not really taking a whole lot of loss there. That's a legend <laughs> in his own. That's another legend altogether. So like, uh, I think Toshiro Mifune was one of those guys who was like, no, nah, I don't get it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty out there. You know, yeah. we, we take Star Wars as just, it's always been there. But the mm. first movie in 77, I mean, that, that probably sounded like crazy talk mm. for most people. No, for um, sure. But it, it, the, the influence couldn't be more apparent, mm. you know. And uh, while I don't agree with the carbon copy allegations about the Hidden Fortress, I certainly see where some might that think be, that. Yeah, that, that's um, in, like a carbon copy. Like, I, I'm, I mean, that, that, that implies a whole lot of... of uh, Basically plagiarism. That's that's what I think of. But uh and like don't get me wrong, there's like there are two characters in this movie where there's one who's a little bit more like uh uh you know, calculated and just kind of straightforward and like uh like, oh well what are the odds we can even get out of this? Oh my god, I'm so anxious, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then he's got a little buddy who's like Fuck it, let's fucking do this thing, you know. And they're they're obviously three PO and R two D two. Like uh -huh. that's like that's the there's there's very apparent like oh this person's this person this person's this person and uh, it's funny to to watch that unfold and uh, but it, the story is strikingly different I think um, yeah. and I, I I really really enjoy the movie and uh, I it's it's where I had to start my seventies. I love me some Hidden Fortress and it is the Second of four Kurosawa movies that I'm going to have on this list. Okay. Well, we're, we're switch, we're hitting every category, it seems, right off the bat. We got a kids mm. movie. We got a, it's a, an old samurai, samurai. Um, movie. And then now we're going to a sports movie. And sports movies I usually don't, don't really like too much. But this one, I don't know. I, uh, after first watch, and I've watched it just a lot of times. No, no, kind of a dad movie, I feel. Um, this is, uh, 2011's Moneyball. Uh, directed uh, by David big, Miller. Big dad movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill uh, kind of taking the lead on this one. And, like, it's a story that I couldn't... I could give two shits less about, like, the the Oakland A's and they drafted some crazy team that eventually worked out. But, like, for the movie, they made it, like, so interesting. Like, mm -hmm. it was like... Like, I'm like, man, I, I, I've never heard of this story. You know, it's act like it's based on a true story. It happened probably before I was born, I think, um, or maybe in the early 90s or... No, I guess, I don't know, computers are a thing, because Jonah Hill's character, he's like a, an analyst, and he um, he uses computers, and, and he, he can tell where all the pitches go, what pitches the players hit the most, and, and you know, all the old guys in the office are giving him crap, like, oh, you, you, you don't have any real time on the field. You got to know the game in order to yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're picked or whatever yeah, 2002 uh, the 2002 team okay okay so i was born but very not really very very um, young yeah. yes um but no i don't know it was just uh like a sports movie that took me by surprise that i i really really enjoyed and and you know they gave brad pitt like a, a pretty interesting story too like he he's the gm and he's mm -hmm. you know the one responsible for getting all these players in tech but but he can't like go to the games. He feels like he's he's like a bad luck charm if he goes to the games and like and then he has this story with his daughter, you know, kind of getting further apart with his daughter and then they they eventually come close at the end and stuff like that. And I don't know, it was just kind of like a, a really feel good sports movie that I didn't expect to like. Um but I remember watching it the first time just with the family and I'm like, "Man, I actually 
really like this. And then every time it's on, I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tune I'm, in. I'm watching. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll watch this one. No, this is a this is a goodie. It it doesn't appear on my list. Uh, but I I recall when I watched it for the first time, because uh, uh, I had this I had a similar experience. Watched it with the family, you know, mm-hmm. and being like, oh damn, this is cool. You know, I grew up playing baseball, played mm-hmm. baseball from the time I was five until I was eighteen. So like, it was a huge part of my life. And baseball movies, for the most part, I they don't usually hit me the way that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, there's a romanticism about baseball that I've always really, really felt, but I feel like it's so hard to portray and like believe, you know? Uh, and I feel like Moneyball does a pretty good job at it. There's, there's only a few, you know, the Sandlot, that's a, it's a corny classic, classic. but yeah, yeah, I love, I love that one. Uh, yeah, Chris yeah. Pratt up in here. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, he now, plays now for the A's. About yeah. He's like the, the pitcher, I think, or maybe yeah. a first baseman. I think he gets like a pretty like a pretty big home run or something in there. And it's like, I don't know, they have a lot of really cool like baseball moments in there. Mm. Um, and like get like goosebumps. Like, oh, when a crowd just starts roaring and mm. like you just hear like the whole crowd go off. Like, I don't know. That's like, I love that feeling. Like, oh, the yeah. Goosebumps big I get time. And, like, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Not a. Um, I feel like a just a a dad movie. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah. But like, I don't know. It's well actually, worth I your mean, time, have, though. Have even if you're not a baseball while, fan. But, yeah. I said that this kind of captures the romanticism of baseball, and it it does to a degree. But it's a it's a much bigger story than that. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a very it's it's another one of those ones where like I describe Oppenheimer as like interesting. You know, like it's not necessarily yeah. like oh this is so exciting. Oh this makes me feel mm-hmm. good. No, like. Moneyball is an interesting movie. Yeah. It's it's kind of just an interesting story to see how that unfolded. And, uh, mm-hmm. It's and not I, purely about baseball either. It's like computers were a new thing, and they're like mm-hmm. analyzing all this data. And then like, yeah, like Jonah Hill, he's like from Harvard or Princeton or something like that. I don't know. And he's just like, well, yeah, I guess I can. I'll try this out. And like, Brad Pitt hires him kind of on a whim, fires this whole rest of the crew. Like, it's like, it's crazy. Like a bunch of just, it's not really. It's more focused on the the I guess the inner workings of a baseball team rather than like the actual game and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But but no, I I don't know. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, it's a little bit above robots, I guess. Uh, just a little bit I better made of a movie. Um, but yeah, there's there's my seventy eight. Yeah, it's always interesting the way you determine what goes above other <laughs> things on this list because sometimes like sometimes it is like, oh, I just like this movie more. And then sometimes you're like, well, it's just so well made that I had to put it above this. And like finding that combination and seeing mm-hmm. where that kind of occurs is always fascinating. But uh my 78, you know, I'm a head back to animation. I'm going to head to stop motion. And my second Wes Anderson film so far, this is where I have 2018's Isle of Dogs, directed by Wes Anderson. Mm. Um, I fucking love this movie, man. We just did the Wes Anderson director spotlight, of course, and we covered this movie at length. Um, But uh, again, one of those movies that feels that sort of Japanese influence from Akira Kurosawa and stuff like that. It's a big, a big, big Mm. role in this in the creation of this movie. And uh the sort of vibes that you're you're playing with. And uh I, I love the voice performances in it. I love the visuals. It's a gorgeous movie with yeah. just a uh, another really fascinating color palette as Wes is one to do. Um I love Brian mm-hmm. Cranston, uh, Scarlett Johansson's that yes, Brian Cranston and Scarlett Johansson's first Wes Anderson appearances 
before coming into Asteroid City, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, was super exciting. Uh, love me some Liev Schreiber, who uh, mm. was this his? I think this was also his first Wes Anderson movie, and then he was in The French Dispatch, and then he was in Asteroid City as well. So like uh, Liev Schreiber, just a just a nice one to get everybody in the in the groove of things for Wes mm. Anderson sort of uh, whole deal. And uh, I, re- yeah. I, re- I thoroughly enjoy this movie, man. And we'll be interested those... by the end of end of it all where like the differences in our West. Cause like the yeah. order, my order is, is kind of much different already. Already. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and cause I, I really, I really like uh, his stop motion movies like mm. a lot. And I like Mi- Fit Mr. Fox, I think better. I think that's that's a better overall movie. But this one is, I I don't know. I remember watching it like yeah, the this opening is a comfort scene. movie out the ass, man. Like uh, it's just, oh, I love. A, I don't know. I love wonderfully made movie. The the like uh, credit sequence where they're banging on the drums and stuff. Oh, like the the logistics dude, of making that work and stuff. Making it's it so, sync up every like mm. yeah, that's that's in, stop motion's just a whole different ball game. Like that, yeah. I just. I can't even wrap my head around. Like, I feel like it's ten times easier to like CGI or VFX something and just be like, "Yep, we'll fix it in post." But this, you got to think everything before. Yeah, yeah. Like, got to plan everything out. Um, but no, I got, I got, I got it. Uh, in a couple of episodes, in a couple of weeks. We'll I figured be- so. There's, uh, there's a few. I, I've got. This is the first of three Wes Anderson movies in this episode. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I've got, I've got a few Wes ones here. Um, my my bottom four, as it were, because I already said Bottle Rocket, and yeah. in, uh, in one of the episodes as well. Um, yeah, I, I love Isle of Dogs. Uh, but there's just a, there's just a lot of movies I love a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, this is this is quite easily one of my favorite movies of all time. But here it lies at uh, seventy eight. So, to, just to give you an idea there, crazy thing. Well, it kind of it looks like uh two dad movies kind of in a row. It feels mm-hmm. like. Um, this one was, I mean, well, I guess I'll, I'll say it make more sense after uh, it's 2019's Ford versus Ferrari, uh, <laughs> directed by James Mangold. Uh, my father works for Ford. Uh, so this one was a movie that we, we went, I believe we saw it in the theaters. Yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I think it would have yeah. been a good one to see in theaters. Um, I assume. Yeah. We went with the family to the, the theaters for this one. I think like, uh, even some family from Colorado was in town or something that I remember. Um, and we went to go see it. Um, but Christian Bale, Matt Damon, uh, I mean, it's, I, again, like, I like cars. Like, I, I used to like them a lot more, um, whenever I was growing up. But, like, now it's just kind of like, ah, like, uh, I can, uh, I can talk about them, sure. But, like, I, I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, this, the race at Le Mans. Like it's it's a pretty cool race. It's a twenty four hour race. Kind of nuts when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and and this is I don't know just the the story of how Carroll Shelby came in, made a car that was pretty freaking fast, and it won Lamont, you know, Ford, you know, and out of all the supercars that are up in this race, and kind of like right. an an underdog story. Um, at the at the bones of it, but uh, I don't know. It's I love like. Yeah, I guess. Wow, it says Matt Damon's the lead in this one, or has him first, uh, which is interesting. And I, I don't know. I might actually say that is true, um, but I don't know. Just the way that Matt Damon and Christian Bale play off each other in this movie is is so good. Uh, they're, that's the a, that's an actor have. combo you don't get to yeah. see a lot of, and, and they're both they're, they're both fantastic. They are so good together. And I, I don't <laughs> know. 
Matt Damon is just as I'm realizing he's in a lot of these movies that I have. He's in a lot of good yeah. fucking movies, man. Like uh, a lot of talk recently about like great actors with bad agents where like it's just like a oh this actor has so much talent but they can't find a good fucking movie or show mm-hmm. for the life of them. Matt Damon is a great actor with a fucking brilliant agent, dude. Like uh the roles he's picked up over the last 10 years or so is like yeah. What a fucking run this dude has been on. Uh, yeah. this is one that's actually a pretty big blind spot for me. I haven't seen, Ooh. I haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, but this is James Mangold's third appearance on the list so far as I had, uh, Logan last episode and Dial of Destiny the episode oh, wow. before that. So James Mangold's okay. got a little bit of a presence here. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, this one I, th- I think you I think you could enjoy this one. It's oh, it's uh, there's, I'm certain I would. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a a really like the Christian Bale, like just the logistics of being a driver and like a, what what that take like the toll it takes on a family is really like a thought that I that never crossed my mind. But that was mm. a really kind of hard hitting part of the movie. Um, glad I didn't spoil the ending. I w- I was about to because uh, I thought you I thought you have already seen it. No, this um, is one that I've I've. I actually very recently, like within the last couple days, thought about watching it, but mm. I don't think it's available on any streamers, so I just decided not to not to engage with it. But uh I see. Yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah. it's one that I really wanna watch just because like uh with Dial of Destiny releasing so recently, there's like a there's been a lot of talk about like what happened with his like action sort of the intensity of like a mm. a driven chase scene mm-hmm. sort of feel like the way that he gave a heavy feeling to the race versus the kind of lightness and lack of intensity in the chase sequences in dial of destiny mm-hmm. it's like more recently i've been more wanting to visit it because people regard dial of destiny as james mangold's potentially like amongst his worst wow. um and i'm like well if ford versus ferrari is amongst his best then i gotta fucking see that you know what i'm saying yeah. It is pretty cool, like, just seeing him kind of build a car from the ground up. If you like the way cars sound, too, I mean, especially in the theater, it was awesome. Like, I mean, just the the, the sound of an engine. The depth I mean, I'm, of yeah, the, yeah. They, they really capture that really well. The and, base. And, yeah, and, like, somehow they, they make a 24-hour race pretty, in, like, interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of near the end of the movie, and it's not, like, a lot of it isn't actually racing. Uh, it's just kind of the making of the car, uh, dealing with, Oh my god, what's this guy's name? Oh, you'll fucking hate him. He's so annoying. Yeah, Josh Lucas. Um, he plays Leo Beebe? Um, Beebe? Yeah, B-E-E-B-E. Um, and he just fucking sucks. He's just like a, like a... Notorious, notorious douchebag. Yeah, uh, he's just like a, a high up person in Ford that's like by the book and like, uh, like, uh, oh man, he's just, you're gonna hate him. And it's, it's, he plays the role well. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of like a, not a Joffrey situation. It's definitely right. not to that level where this dude received death threats. But, like, by the end of the movie, you're like, man, that dude just fucking blows. Like, that, like, what a, what a character you have to play. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think you would, you would enjoy this one. Even though it's, it's kind of like a money ball where I'm like, I don't really care for the sports movies. Or, I guess this one's kind of a sport movie, I guess, um, as well. Um but more of just kind of like a another underdog story, like Moneyball, um, and Christian Bale and Matt Damon. They do they do a great job in this one. It's it is it's really good. 
I love so, yeah. that. I love that. I'm familiar with uh, Josh Lucas because of uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Um, oh, I've never he seen was, that. Uh, he was one of the mm. one of the gentlemen in uh, Sweet douche? Home Alabama. Uh, I can't recall mm. perfectly whether or not because it, it was him and Patrick Dempsey, and okay. Competing for the affections of Reese Witherspoon. And I can't remember which one was the douchebag and which one was the good guy or if they were both good guys and it was just a really hard decision or like, mm. I can't recall. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely a douche in this one though. That's for sure. Um, without a doubt. No, he was a douche. He was a complete doucher. <laughs> he was a complete doucher in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But like I was like as soon as you said Josh Lucas and I saw his mm-hmm. face, I went, "Yeah, I I recall not liking this man." Uh Yeah, yeah no. Pe- people who love Sweet Home Alabama are like, "How could you fucking forget?" Yeah, he's he's a doucher. Uh But uh no, nah, it's that's uh, it, a fun that's a fun fucking movie that I I expect I would enjoy a great deal and I, I can't wait to engage with it at some point. Um, but with my 77, I'm sticking with you in the action vein mm-hmm. and I've got, I've got this one stars, the man that I would describe as Christian Bale if he was like evil, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just, yeah. Similar, similar vibes on like an opposite end of the spectrum sort of thing. You know, I feel like Christian Bale's a pretty stand up guy. I don't <laughs> trust Tom Cruise a single fucking ounce. That man's scary. Um, this is where I have Mission Impossible, uh, oh, 1996 directed by Brian De Palma. Uh, as much as I, I, I talk all that shit about how I'm not, a, I'm not, I, I don't like Tom Cruise. I, I'll be damned if I don't enjoy some of the movies he's in. Mm. Uh, he's got, he's got a track record on him. That is either really, really fucking good or really, really fucking bad. And, uh, Mission Impossible. I love that franchise. I really, really do. And this is kind of the, the, the spot, you know, this is the first time I've consolidated an entire franchise into one pick. And, uh, I don't have any other Mission Impossible movies, although Mm -hmm. there are all sorts of great ones. I loved Fallout. I love the new one. I love Dead Reckoning. Uh Ghost like you won't catch me saying a single one I didn't enjoy watching, you know. Uh and I think, you know, Tom Cruise is the beating heart of that franchise. If he's not if he's not in those movies, honestly they're not as interesting as they are. Um and yeah. Brian De Palma's direction of the first one is the most exciting. It's the most interesting. It's the most inventive, I think, and uh He's just got a knack behind the camera. I think this is my favorite De Palma movie. I don't think I have one above this. You know, I love, I love Carrie and I love Sisters and I love, uh, you know, I've watched Scarface. I don't love it, but I, I, I had a good time watching it. Um, this one, I, this is one of the most exciting spy thriller sort of vibes you're oh. ever going to get. And, uh, yeah. Tom Cruise is the shit in it. Um, just a, a wonderful cast around him too. John Voight and finally got to it. Uh, I've only seen the one. I only seen the first. Um, I'm trying to look on on my letterbox diary to see when I watched it because it was pretty recently. Um, yeah, on July twelfth is whenever I watched it. Hmm. Um, and have only seen the one. I had no idea that that was the Mission Impossible theme song. I've heard that song yeah. everywhere, and then I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, oh no shit! I'm like, no shit! This is this is the theme song, and and then I hear 
It's like the it's made up of like the Morse code of like M I like apparently like the letters in Morse code like it it follows the theme song or something like that. Um, I've heard yeah. Um, and oh, there was something that that went a little bit further. Like it was M I is like the dun 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 dun. I don't. Apparently that's M I in Morse code. But then there was something else after it. I I don't know. That went a little bit further. Apparently. It's a it's a fucking yeah. I I love that theme song. I love. I got to see my first Mission Impossible movie in theaters this year, and that was a super exciting experience with Dead Reckoning. And I'd only just gotten around to the franchise this year as well. I'm I'm new to it for sure, but I'll be damned if it's not one of my favorite franchises ever already. You know, like it's uh wow yeah. I actually just purchased a. I I also went to the Taylor Swift concert. I went to the Taylor Swift concert and then like three days later I went and saw Dead Reckoning in theaters. And then like a couple days later on my Twitter timeline, there was like a, uh, someone posted a shirt that was like Taylor Swift merchandise. Uh, but it was Ethan Hunt, the era's tour and Ethan Hunt's the protagonist in yeah. Mission Impossible. And it was a picture <laughs> of him from every movie. Uh, Wow. in the franchise. And I was like, fuck yeah. Instant purchase. Got it. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> upstairs somewhere. Um, but uh, there's a lot of mask reveals i've seen i've seen oh, some like uh some love VFX a good breakdowns. mask reveal yes yeah. yeah, vfx breakdowns of like i i've seen some mask reveals but i have no idea the context behind them some super um, cool all. super um, cool uh mask reveals and like uh fascinating practical effects in in situations mm-hmm. like that like there's shots where it looks like someone's looking in a mirror but really it's just body doubles and like a clear fucking frame with someone That's else cool. mimicking the movements you know like it's yeah. it's super fucking cool i uh the stunts are pretty cool too the stunts one. are gnarly and the way the mission impossible franchise has evolved is really interesting you know like uh people are of the mind that maybe it's not as exciting as it once was because there was there's something so distinct about the first one and the way that it's kind of evolved into just like watch tom cruise do crazy shit mm-hmm. um Cause that's not what the first one is, you know, like the first one is, it's very based in that paranoia and that sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. Oh God, what's going to happen? Who am I trusting? Who's against me? And there's, it's not that there's not that in the later movies. It's just that that's, it's the most prominent it's ever been in, uh, De Palma's mission impossible. And, uh, I, I adore this movie and it, it was one of those ones where it was, it was lower originally. And then I got honest with myself. I was like, I mm. like this movie a lot. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and bump it up a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I got it. I got it in a little bit, actually. Um, not even next episode. Uh, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a couple episodes away, actually, uh, for me. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the first, I know only a first watch. That's all, all I've given it. Um, but, yeah, I've already watched it a couple times, and uh, I watched it for the first time probably two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Mission Impossible, the first viewing I gave it was on June 14th. So we're less oh. than two months removed uh-huh. from that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. It's fucking awesome. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, that's I what I got wait. at 77. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into all the rest of them. But uh, Yeah, it's a fun on. fucking franchise, man. Yeah, I got uh, this one um, hitting another category. I think this is probably my only true comedy 
on my entire list. If I had, Ooh. well, that's false. There's one more, um, and it's a little higher up. But um, this one, I don't know. There, like, um, been a lot of talk about comedies and how like they're just not being made anymore, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, not you don't really see them in theaters, but this one I feel is on a lot of people's like just. You ask people what's what's one of your favorite movies of all time, and like in high school, middle school, this is there. Um, and it's Step Brothers, yeah. uh, two thousand eight, uh, directed by Adam McKay. And I mean, I don't know, like I, there's there's not many movies that like that I just la- like actually get me to really laugh and like really, really have a good time. It's but shaped man, a generation. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. No, this. I mean. Did you touch my drum set? Like, like rubbing, like, no. I remember there, that we, Michael would, Michael, Michael loved this yeah. movie to death. Threaten. And, and Threaten he would, he would threaten to rub his ball sack on, on some of my, like, on, on like, just some of my stuff. If I, if I, like, I don't know. That was, that was his common threat. Um, yeah. and it stemmed from this. And like, I, I just, just so many jokes that were thrown around in high school and stuff like that were, just came from this movie. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I'm I, familiar it's... with Michael. He joined us for the Spider-Man <laughs> and Spider-Man Two episodes. Love yeah. you, Mike. Oh, uh, Mike's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. that's and uh, but I, I remember Mike loving this movie like a whole like I just I remember a whole lot and I mean I, I see why like the movie's hilarious like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley like are just undefeated two, duo. Yeah. I mean, oh my god, that they're just incredible together and. And like just the situational comedy, you know, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And and like, you're, it's a fucking Catalina wine um, mixer. <laughs> yes. Oh man, they. I think they even came out like Bud Light came out with some some drinks, for like the Catalina wine mixer and, yeah. and one other one at some point. Um, but like, you know what helps with shoulder pain? If you lick my butthole. <laughs> uh, and then the the, the whenever. They finally are like, okay, well, let's, let's be brother, you know, well, let's be friends or whatever. And they're, they're getting past all, like, just being mean to each other. And then they're like, um, like, what's your favorite dinosaur? You know, we want to build bunk beds. They go ask yeah. their mom and dad, like, can we, can we build favorite bed, non-pornographic you know? magazine to <laughs> masturbate to? Good housekeeping. No yeah. way. Like, yeah, it's, they're just. Do we just call best friends? Yeah. No, the that's bloopers. Uh have to be insane for this I movie. actually like, that's... just watched a, a TikTok the other day that was like Will Ferrell bloopers and it was like various bloopers from throughout mm. his career because mm-hmm. uh, I mean the, this was towards the end of I mean not towards the end but Will Ferrell hasn't been in a genuinely great comedy yeah. movie in a good decade plus um, where he is the main guy and like uh, yeah. being the funny one Uh this was towards the end of his reign because he dominated there for a while. You know, that, that run of like Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Ooh. this, um, yeah. I mean, Elf in 04, there was a, there, there was some great stuff from Will Ferrell there for a long time. And this is, this is one of his fun, like the, the song they perform at the end. Fucking, you sound like Fergie and Jesus. Yeah. What is, what's their prestige worldwide? Why? Boats Why? and hoes. Yeah. Boats and hoes. I gotta have me. Is that my boat? That's my fucking boat. You know, that, that whole uh, endlessly quotable, like extremely memorable movie, excruciatingly memorable. Like yeah. we, me and our group, our friend group watched this movie so much that I actively got tired of it. 
Like yeah. it was every yeah. time we hung out, this movie was on, and there was a point where I was like, "Can we not like watch something this else?" Like eventually, yeah, yeah it got it, it did get to that point, but man, I mean, it, it like came out in two thousand eight, so I'm wondering whenever the first time I did watch it was. Definitely not when I was eight years old. No, definitely not when I was eight either. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been a few. I, I would guess it was probably. I probably didn't get around to this till high school. I remember. Yeah, I think I was a little right. late to the party on Step Brothers. Um, maybe, maybe it was middle grade. school. Like yeah, maybe. I was like maybe. You know what? Eighth grade feels like it might be a little more right. Um, that was a big era for comedy movies for me. Um, so yeah, probably seventh eighth grade is when I watched this for the first time. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's not on my list. It was one of those ones that like. Oh uh, my god, that's Agatha. I'm like, what do I know? Catherine Hahn. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, man. What? She's, what do I? The way know she her like from? fucks John C. Riley up against a wall, like uh, <laughs> obsessed with him for whatever reason, you know, just because like, he stood up to because he stood up oh, to uh, uh, her her husband. Yeah. Yeah. No one. Buff. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, this it. The more I'm remembering, flat, so flat. Play, pay thousand dollars a week for for vocal lessons, and this is what I get. Uh, oh man, yeah, this it's got insane. How many different scenes there are in this movie? Like I just, how can they such a? It feels like such a long movie because there are so many things that happen in it that it feels like it should be a different movie that I'm thinking of, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's the same movie. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the shit with Brennan's therapist, how he like imagines he's a lumberjack. I've come all these miles to give you my seed, you know, like that. That's in step brothers. Like what the yeah. fuck dude? It uh, is in there for sure. They, they uh, job, inter- that job interview montage that they just have. And yeah, John C. Riley just lets out Ketchup? the longest part. Onions? I taste all it. Time. I taste yeah, it. Like, yeah. Oh, Seth Rogen in that scene. Uh, being like, I get, I like you guys. I dig your vibe. You're wearing tuxedos. It's ironic. I dig it. You know, like, uh, thought it would be, thought it would be silent. Mm. No. Yeah. You just got was. one of those faces. One of the, I just, just want to pa. Just want to pa. Oh, Are you that's right. Pow? Yeah. Are you saying pa? Is that pow? Pa! Uh, love me some Rob Riggle. Pam. 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 Just Pam. Nope. Pam. I don't, I don't get it. Lick that white dog shit. There's just so, there's so many just random fucking things in this movie that I'll, I'll, I'll never get over. Yeah, they don't want to take that route home because they have to pass the bully kids that they're afraid of. Yeah, they take the long way. Oh, God. What the fucking fuck? Oh, man. No, it's just a classic. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's, I'm going to look back on this and just, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long it'll be until I show my kids, but, um, probably not, not, not eight years old. That's for sure. No. Not not whenever I, when it came out for me, but, but yeah, I just, uh, had to be on here somewhere for me. Um, and it fell at, at 76. Um, good. So yeah. Good one. I've got a, uh, a different family comedy of sorts mm-hmm. uh, at mine. Not not by any means a true, like a, a pure comedy the way Step Brothers is. It's funny, but it's also got a dark streak. This is my third Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. The Royal Tenenbaums, 2001 directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, crazy fucking cast, crazy chemistry. Uh, this is kind of, you know, 
this is his third feature film after Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, and this is the first time he's like officially Wes Anderson and out here, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he's taking those steps to get there this is the first time he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm him. This is me. Um, and just the, I, I've all, this is the only Wes Anderson movie I've watched once. Mm. I have not revisited this movie and it's in part because it has probably the hardest scene to watch in any Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it and, comes out of nowhere too. Yeah, it's it does. Like, it, it, you're oh. like, whoa, okay. Um, but it's one of those, like, it's one of the most heartfelt, genuinely touching movies of of his. I mean, like, they're all genuinely touching to me. I love all those movies. But like, uh, whenever Chaz at the end of the movie, played by Ben Stiller, you know, hits hits Gene Hackman with a, it's been a rough year. Yeah, like, ooh, that's when I, I'm I'm folding, man. That's it for me. Uh, Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson. Like, yo, what the fuck, man? Uh, just yeah. a just a stacked cast and some of the best on screen chemistry portrayed in any Wes Anderson movie. Um, mm. They they feel they feel like a family, you know. And I think that's a that's something difficult to pull off in a in a in a extremely believable way and uh i i adore this movie and it's one that i've been wanting to rewatch, but i've been hesitant because of just a kind of triggering scene and thinking uh, of, of all the movies i've watched of wes and i i think i'm at two for all but i don't think i have watched this a second time now that i think about it yeah i don't it's probably the hardest rewatch to do like it's just yeah. like uh, you know, I'd rather watch the ones that make me feel nothing but good. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I think this is it's certainly Bottle the Rocket. darkest. It's certainly Bottle the darkest Rocket. he gets. Uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like, there's there's not a single scene in any of his movies that's darker than this. Um, no, and it's yeah, literally no. one scene. It's literally one scene that that's dark. Like, it's, but it's, I mean, spoiler warning if you haven't seen Royal Ten, it's a suicide attempt. You know, like that's hard to watch. Um, yeah. And for it to, but it's such a good scene too. The way that it's done, just the, the, the flashing back, 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 back further and further. Uh, Cutting his hair at the same, you know, yeah, man. His hair first. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, fucking good. You don't know. It it does just come out of nowhere. And you're like, is this actually where we're going right now? And it's like, oh, my God. Because he says, like, right before he does it, he's like, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. And then he just does it right there. And you're like, yo. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It would be very interesting on a rewatch, knowing that it, like, knowing it's coming. um, Versus Bill Murray. I forget Bill Murray's in this one. Mary Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It was, it was. Really enjoyable. Owen Wilson like, yeah, it's, it's also awesome. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Crashes oh, yeah, the car into the house, yeah. kills the dog. Uh, yeah. Had a little drug problem, was it, or something like that? Is yeah, that- big time. Yeah. Big time drug yeah. problem. Um, oh, gets no, all I, war painted up and drives the car into their townhouse. Uh, I, I think uh, I have to. I'll, I have to get back around to this one. I don't know. Yeah. I have a... It's 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 fucking good, and I'm certain that if I did rewatch it, this one would probably be one that shot up the list. You know, it's bottom three, and it's the only one I watched once. You yeah. know, it's it's above Isle of Dogs, which I've watched like three or four times, and Bottle Rocket, mm-hmm. which I've watched three times. You know, so mm-hmm. like, yeah. I know this one would shoot up the list if I rewatch it. I just haven't given it that. I just haven't given it that mm-hmm. second viewing, and uh, 
I will, and I know I know it'll fuck me up, but it's it's a goodie. So Royal Tenenbaums at my seventy six was the way to go. All right, yeah, I got that. Uh, it'll be next episode, actually. Ooh, so not okay. not too far away, but but yeah. Uh, moving on to seventy five, a little midway point here. I got uh my my I got an alien movie, and every I don't know, it just seemed to work out that way. Space. Um, yeah, something with space or some with aliens, and this one I think was probably. Well, I don't know. Probably one of the first alien movies that I really saw. Um, and it's 2002 Signs, um, directed by Ooh, M. Night Shyamalan. 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 Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Where? Um, a uh, very uh, a great director uh, that's Sense. done okay. a lot of that great stuff. Really, yeah. yeah, Six Sense. That was the other thing I, I knew him from. But uh, but man, no Signs was just I remember being so afraid of this movie. And like it's not even really that scary. Like looking back on it, it's just like the certain scenes that like scarred me as a kid was like um they were hiding in the pantry and um the aliens like in their house um creeping around and they have this big kitchen knife and they're sticking it under under the pantry door to get like a reflection to try to see the alien. And then like the alien comes up to the door sticks its hand like under the door and then shawap, you know, they chopped it, chopped the alien's mm. fingers off. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Fuck. Um, um, this came out in 2002. I don't know when I saw it, but it was, I was probably really young at the time. Um, and then yeah, walking Phoenix. Um, I remember I, I, he just was like a cool, he was just, I don't know, a base, uh, like an all-star. I don't know if he played for the MLB or something like that, but he was a really good baseball player. Um, and I just remember him beating the shit out of that alien with a baseball bat and like breaking the bat at the end. And like, yeah, the, the, the secret weakness to this alien is just a, a cup of water. You know, it was, uh, just, uh, spill water on the alien. And, uh, that's, that's basically all you need to, to take him out. Um, on some but weird I, boss shit. Yeah. I just, like, even, oh my God. Yeah. Now looking at the pictures, like the little kid that had asthma. Um, and they were like in their cellar trapped and it was all dark and like they needed to get his inhaler, but they did, they, like it just, they were like, well, we, are we going to fucking go upstairs? Like, what do we do? Like there's an, a, a literal alien in our house. Um, and also just really weird with all like the current stuff that's coming out. Like I watched this movie being like, oh yeah, this shit's just totally fake. Like there's, <laughs> it's just, you know, all made up, but like, who knows? Like maybe farmers like actually deal with this shit. You know, I don't know. Like crop circles and stuff. I Maybe that shit's real. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure out in probably a couple years in our lifetime. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of letting it happen. I'm just letting it happen, however it happens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Mel Gibson and, and uh, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, another, I guess, Mel Gibson uh, one in there. Um, I remember. Aliens. Um, yeah. Not, but I don't know. I, I really like Walking Phoenix. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really know that I watched uh, Walking Phoenix before. Um, like I would have thought that like Gladiator would have been like the first movie I saw yeah, Joker with him in it. Oh uh, yeah, a Joker. I I I knew that was him by then. Um, but this one was kind of like a a nice look back. It's like oh man, that that was that was Walking Phoenix up in here, and he uh I don't know. It's um it's just uh I really love this movie. I don't know. It's just uh one that hit. We always watched it as as kids all the time. Uh, my sister specifically was obsessed with this one. Um, and we even, we made the little tinfoil hats, you know, that they put on in the movie. We, we'd watch it with, with some tinfoil hats, make sure the aliens can't read our minds. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I love it. Yeah. That's, uh, 
that's where where I went for for seventy five here. Um, my All alien, right. mo- my my check in for the the space alien movie uh, for this this section of ten. I'll dig it. I'll dig it. Uh, this is the first one that I do not have an alien movie. Uh, the seventies mm. here, no alien movies for me. I had uh, uh, Aliens in the '90s and mm-hmm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the '80s, and uh, that kind of did it for me. But mm. my next one at 75 is one of my—I just adore this movie and easily my favorite adaptation of a very classic, classic story that you've certainly heard of. Uh, this is 1996's Romeo and Juliet. Uh. Directed by Baz Luhrmann, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Uh, one of the most inventive and unique uh, takes on Romeo and Juliet. A, a modern a modern setting for Verona and watching them, you know, modern wardrobe and uh, guns and not swords. Mm-hmm. and But they're still saying line for line the yeah. script to Romeo and Juliet, you know, and... Uh, that it's such an interesting and fun watch that like I'm glued to the screen the whole time. It's, it, it made the Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet story, which has never been boring. Obviously uh, it's, it's undeniably classic, but it, it made it more exciting than it's ever been. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I remember you uh, telling me to check this one out. Yeah. Um, it's, I... it's a goodie. It's a goodie. You know, uh, Harold Perrineau as Mercutio is one of my favorite performances ever. John Leguizamo is Tybalt, one of the best, uh, one of his best performances just across the board, some incredible, incredible performances. Paul Rudd is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Paul Servino, uh, RIP just died last year, I think. Um, but fantastic actor, Vondi Curtis Hall, who you'll know yeah, from is... uh, daredevil. Uh, the, yeah. He worked for like the newspaper. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 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 That's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, where do I know that guy from? That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, ben, uh yeah Yurik or something Uric, like that right yes, Yurik yeah. is correct I was like yeah that's that's him he's also in this uh just a fantastic viewing experience I absolutely adore this movie and uh I've only watched it once all the way through but it will certainly be getting another viewing here before long um and young Leo I love some young Leo. I got I got a few I got another young Leo movie just outside of my top one hundred, The Quick and the mm. Dead. Uh Sam Raimi directed Western. Super fucking cool. Okay. Um and yeah, I I've got another young Leo movie much higher up my list. Yeah, I figured uh, I was, that's what I, I thought you were about to say that one out at that dropped out. And I'm like, really? That, no, that no far from it. In yeah. fact, you might not hear yeah. that until part 10. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, close to it. If not, um, wow. man, it's it, that, that section is kind of floating right now. This, okay. this 10 to just 10 to 20, Kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm nailed down exactly. There's so many movies that I want to include in my top 10 that I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Should I? And, you know, so Titanic's and it's floating. It's floating in that, it, ironically. Um, okay. hmm. Yeah. Very ironic. <laughs> 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 Let's hope it doesn't sink. Am I right? Uh, but uh, no, I love me some young Leo. Uh, arguably more than I like old Leo. Um I think he was it's before he got real weird um mm. he's still he's still very charming 
Um, and not that he's not charming anymore, but he's, he's, he's more Tom Cruise than Christian Bale. Let's say that. How's yeah, that? That's true. You know? Yeah. That, that's uh, good. Yeah. On the spectrum of Tom Cruise to Christian Bale, he's closer to the Tom yeah. Cruise. Uh, he's getting there. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, just um, just a, just, we'll just a little, little bit of a weird guy. Not like, and he's not a Scientologist or anything. So I'm not like, he might be a genuinely bad person. He's just he's just a weirdo. Like he just gives yeah. me bad vibes. He gives me the eek. And when he was younger, he didn't do that. Um, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's before fame and money and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah, Romeo and Juliet. It's my favorite Baz Luhrmann film. He's done a lot of great ones. He did the Elvis movie with Austin Butler last year. Ooh. Uh, he did, uh, the great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio, another one of my favorite Leo yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you like that sort of grandiose, like hyper stylized, weird fucking movie, mm-hmm. Baz Luhrmann is dope. Like I, I love Baz Luhrmann. Um, and, uh, I, I love the great Gatsby and I love Elvis, but this is the one that just kind of sticks out for me as my favorite, as my favorite Baz work. Um, so yeah, Romeo and Juliet at my 75. All right, this next one I got here, it was the first movie I ever cried to, Ooh. also in a theater, um, is where it is. And it, this one's kind of a conglomerate of, uh, of, of movies. Uh, it's, I have Toy Story 3, it's because that is the movie I cried to, but I kind of uh, am throwing just Toy Story, just kind of up in here. Um, Love that. And, but yeah, Toy Story 3, 2010, by Lee... Unkirk? Unkirch? Un... Unkrich. Uh, I don't know how to say it. U-N-K-R-I... It's like unk and then rich. Um, maybe that is just it. Unkrich. Unkrich? Um, Unkrich? Something. Man, yeah, I didn't realize. They they kind of did the Barbie thing uh, here, you know? that There was Barbie and Ken in this movie. Oh, very small, you know, mm-hmm. role. Not not obviously the, the main Toy Story part, 2 but, as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Were they yeah, that's when they're introduced. That's when Barbie's introduced. Ken, I don't think, is introduced till Toy Story Three. Okay. Um, where we get um, Michael Keaton's Ken. Yeah. Uh, um, but this, I was in the theater, and at the end, whenever all the toy, you know, Andy's going off to college, and like ooh. he's just leaving, and and like the toys are watching him go away. I was like, I don't know what this emotion is right now, but Bro. there are tears falling out of my eyes. You know, like there's and, also the scene where like you're fairly certain your favorite toys of all time are gonna fucking die yeah. in a brutal fucking way. Why did they do that to us in an incinerator? They're just slowly getting closer to their deaths, and then the claw, like out of nowhere, like thank God for the claw. But yeah, that would have been a whole different cry there. Like, there's no way they kill, they just kill them off, you know? Like, there's there's no shot. Um, but on a Toy Story is just, Pixar was on a, a different level when they yeah, came out. that was came a different breed there. Um, and they, they kept it going, that's for sure. Like, I mean, the second one, Gas. Third one, it lost its steam a little bit, but it was still really good. And uh, four I think, was... I think if we're talking critically, Toy Story 3 is probably the best Toy Story movie, I, I think. Uh as far as the enjoyment, I I'm partial to what many consider the worst until Toy Story Four. Toy Story Two, I love Toy Story Two. Um, that's Those one that so I cool. man, Al Barn. I will never get tired of the little cone Zerg. Isn't Zerg in two or is that one? yeah? That yeah, you get the whole too. Buzz and Zerg riff on Luke yeah. and Vader, where uh, he's like a no, 
I am your father. And Buzz oh, looks up God. and he goes, no, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, uh, that's yeah. classic. He's got like the, the, the little, uh, the balls that Yellow shoot balls out of his cannon. The, that sound effect, the sound design there, legendary. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. Um, Toy Story 3 might have the best, uh, villain of the franchise. Cuddles? You know, what was his well. name? Is lots that, I don't know. Okay, I don't know why Cuddles came to mind. I just knew he was a big teddy bear. Yeah, yeah but lots of Lots of. Voiced by Ned Beatty, who uh, you might be familiar with as a... Uh, oh, Mr. Luthor! Um, and <laughs> Superman. Uh, what? what? That's insane. Yeah, same guy. Um, what a switch up uh, there. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, no, that, that was a good villain arc that he went on. Though. Oh, yeah. Fuck like, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, now that I'm thinking about it, Toy Story 3, like, critically, was actually, like... Uh, I think it's kind of easily the best Toy Story movie. Uh, It has the the highest stakes of any of them. Um, First two, we were just children, and it was, like, magic to us. We were, like, you know, you'd you'd have some toys, and you'd, like, try to catch them, you know, moving or Mm -hmm. something like that. You'd, You'd open the door and be like, ah, oh. I, I think I saw you move, or like you know, you better better not do or set him up in a particular way so you come back and, and do it all. Oh. Love me some Jesse, love some Jesse mm-hmm. and Bullseye, and when I mean the so- airport sequence in in Toy Story Two fucking kills. Like the the like chasing the airplane oh. on the back of the Bullseye, bag, the baggage. Like we're just yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The go and all the conveyor belts and shit, and I'm like, it has to look like that. The, like, camera airport. equipment that they like flash in the dude's eyes. Oh, and it's like, oh my god, god, yes, yeah. Toy Story yeah, is man. just peak. Um, I only have two Pixar movies above this. Um, one is much further up. The other was an addition that I had to make. Um, that, yeah. that I can't believe wasn't on here. Um, but Toy nah, Story Pixar's just... got a good track run, man. Like it's just a. Uh... Every single one. I there. I don't know that there are any Pixar movies that I watched when I was younger that I was ever like, no, I just didn't really like that. Yeah. You know, all of them were just kind of hitting for me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Toy Story just feels like that's their. That's their bread and butter. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I, don't, I, I felt like well, Toy I was Story there. was the first Pixar film. Yeah. Um, and... So it's kind of what they've come back to over and over. And, you know, anytime that a Disney movie bombs horribly, you can almost count on them being like, well, then I guess we'll make toy story five, you know, like, uh, that's, that's kind of their whole fucking deal. Um, but, but yeah, it was, uh, I remember my next movie is another movie I cried to, but it wasn't a real cry. Uh, so uh, I don't know, a little interesting here, but two, two, like kind of back to back, uh, first cries. Uh, but this one was my true first cry in a theater, like on my own. And like, I don't know, it was just, I remember walking out of that theater, like, oh my God, that was, I like, I cried to a movie and I'm like, like other, I just remember hearing sniffles everywhere. Like everyone was crying in that theater. Yo, um, it's a, it's a different, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of like Spanish buzz whenever he gets like reset to factory mode and he does like the flamenco and he's hitting on Jesse real hard and stuff ooh. like, uh, ooh. dope. Love that. Um, Ooh, was, yeah, Spanish. I don't know. That's just it. Just sounds way better. Whatever you're saying, sexy I mean, language, yeah. sexy language. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I have a much like darker streak of movies here, where like the like I didn't realize it when I put them all right next to each other. But like uh, you said, these were uh, I got a couple movies in a row. It made me cry. Uh, 
I got like four movies in a row, and this is the third movie of those four where like, like self harm is like a part of it. Oh. Royal right. Tenenbaums, Romeo and Juliet, uh, famously self oh, yeah. uh, committed suicide at the end of that movie. Or well, the end of that, that story. One. Uh, like. This one is last year. We got a 2022 movie here at my 74. Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, directed wow. by Martin McDonough, uh, starring Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell and Carrie Condon and Barry Keoghan. Uh, just a just a slate of fantastic performances. Uh, a fantastic story. A beautiful movie. Um, just a gorgeous, gorgeous film, and mm. uh, easily one of my favorites of 2022. Uh, there's not a lot that'll come above this that's from that year, and it's a mm-hmm. notoriously fantastic year for movies. Um, ben Davis was on the cinematography, who also did the cinematography for Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and Eternals and uh, a few mm-hmm. other just massive movies, A, a an Oscar winner and three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Age of Ultron, Kick-Ass. Um, yeah. Dude's done some shit. Cinematographers have the most interesting careers there are yeah. because, you know, how are you going to do Age of Ultron and then also be like, I'm going to do this really intense, intimate film set on an island off the coast of Ireland uh, where mm-hmm. two dudes all of a sudden decide to have beef. Um, just a really, really cool story about friendship here. Colin Farrell, uh, his character is just a sweetheart and he he's got this friend on the island who... You know, they've been going to the same pub for years and they've been getting along real well. And then one day he goes up to him and he's like, are you ready to go to the pub? And he goes, no. And he's like, why not? He's like, I don't think I want to be your friend anymore. Hmm. And that's like where the movie launches. That's that's the print. Wow. Like it's it's yeah. Colin Farrell trying to figure out why his friend doesn't like him anymore. What's going on? And uh, the, the, the sort of toll it takes on both of them to see like uh this sort of intense standoff between people who love, who loved each other and uh, like Carrie Condon plays Colin Farrell's sister and is an absolute sweetheart. Um, Mm -hmm. I love her character. Um, Barry Keoghan plays one of his best roles ever, if not his best role ever. Uh, This is probably my favorite Colin Farrell role. Um, He's fantastic in it. Uh, he's got a scene where uh, he, you know, he's talking to his friend. And he's like, "You used to be nice, you know. What happened? You, you used to be nice." And he's like, "Oh no, but what? What if you never really were? Like, what if you never really were nice?" And just like the way he performs mm. it is so fucking brilliant. Like it, wow. it, it's just such a good movie, and I can't recommend it highly enough. In fact, like this is one of those ones where every time I talk about it, I'm like. I might watch that tonight. Um, oh, yeah, a lot of nominees at the Oscars. Yeah, best bit. picture, best supporting actor, yeah. best lead actor, like uh, ridiculous best supporting actress. Which Kansas City Film Critics Circle Award we got we got a lot in there too, and uh, Colin Farrell won best actor. Fuck at, yeah, uh, he did. Um, Fuck yeah, he did. Nominees you know what? for a he lot deserved of it. Stuff. Yeah, he deserved um, that shit. Yeah. Um. I'm glad Brendan Fraser got his got his comeback Oscar. Mm. There were some choices by the Academy last year that I still have some fucking beef with, though. Yeah, that's why. And it's uh, just... Colin Farrell not winning was one of them. 
Jamie Lee Curtis winning Best Supporting Actress is still a fucking farce. That's um, unreal. That's still like I, not even but, the best supporting role in that movie. No. Um, no. Who was also, but Carrie Condon from this movie was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which honestly, if I'm being like real with myself, probably should have won over either of them, even though I would mm. have liked Stephanie Shu to win. Like, uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, I love I love the like it's just such a well made movie and uh, mm. it it deserves every bit of acclaim that it got and it deserves all the love in the world and I can't recommend it highly enough. The Banshees yeah. of Inisherin here at seventy four. This was one I almost got to like this. I I think I like I remember there was some movies you recommended and this I think like along with the Northmen were like the two that mm. I was like ooh I I gotta watch these yeah movies. from last year yeah Northmen yeah. doesn't make my list doesn't make my list oh, okay so i'll check out banshees first then um off of that but um let's see where am i going oh yeah another cry movie but not my first real cry although i did cry to it gotcha it is it's a weird story but it's, it's 2005's king kong uh we covered it um Fuck on yes. our, i think it's your journey uh, peter jackson uh directed by him and uh my i I don't think it was in theaters um, because I remember being at home and my sister really liked this movie. And she loved King Kong. Like she loved monkeys. Just mo like mm. monkeys were her favorite growing up. And so she was watching King Kong. And whenever he falls off of the Empire Ooh. State Building and he just slowly starts to fall. I mean I was – I mean I was too young to really understand what was going on. But I saw her cry. I saw her start to cry. And then that's what made me cry. I was like, and well, like, I just, oh. I have to join it. And I'm like, oh my God, this, yeah, like this must be really sad. So I just, I started crying too. So technically this would be the first movie I cried to, but it wasn't on my own accord. It wasn't like right. that I understood what was going on. It wasn't because the movie made you cry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but regardless. The first movie of, I cried to was a monkey movie. It was not. Really? Kong, though. Yes. doesn't make this list either. It was Curious mm -hmm. George. I was um, gonna say, is it Curious George? Because like, was. it was. It was. Uh, you know, for you, you had Toy Story three in the theater, made you mm -hmm. cry. Curious George was the one oh. that I saw in theater that made me cry. Um, whenever George gets separated from the man in the yellow hat and he's like in a cage getting shipped across the ocean, oh. fucked me up. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't like the way this is making me feel, and yeah. I started crying. And I was like, Yep, yeah, no, I'm gonna tune out the rest of the movie. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Now this King Kong didn't make it just because of the cry part. Like that's not why. I mean, it's, it's a good also, fucking movie. Yeah, like I remember we got to it on the the fifty two year journey project, and it like surprised the hell out of us. We were like, "What? That was that's like, one that like ever. I'm sleeping on hard. It does. It's not on my. It's not on my top one hundred, mm. but it probably should be. Um, just one of those, how one of those ones that movie looked was. Oh, it's a fucking gorgeous yeah. movie, man. Uh, oh, who's the lead actress in that movie? Naomi Watts. Mm -hmm. Um, Naomi she's Watson. brilliant. Adrian Brody, who yeah, we've become Brody. much more familiar with because of Wes Anderson. Um, mm -hmm. one of the most fascinating actors there is, Adrian Brody, simply because if you've watched nothing but Wes Anderson movies, you'd think this guy might be one of the best actors alive. And then if you watched any other Adrian Brody movie, you'd go, oh. Uh. <laughs> really play a huge role like it's it's nuts like how yeah. whenever i'm growing up i just i never even thought of a director like really i'm like oh well it's the people in the movie that make a the director movie, you know? and a writer 
and most of the time both and every time both when it comes to Wes Anderson understands mm-hmm. their actor. Yeah. He knows what he needs to give Adrian Brody to get the best out of him and he always does. Like Adrian mm-hmm. Brody's best roles are all Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Uh and this is another like I would say this one's not far behind that. Like I enjoy Adrian Brody and a lot of stuff and uh one movie that he's gotten crazy acclaim for was The Pianist, which I've never I've never seen, mm. but I've heard is really really good. Um so I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss him all together, okay. but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, his role in this one where he's just kind of following Naomi Watts around being like, I love you, dude. Yeah. Makes a play at the end, you know, about, about it all. And he's like, no, this it's not, it's like not my life. You know, this is just, I just made a play or whatever. Like I, I forget what, what happens in the play exactly. Uh, um, he's, he's portraying that like, oh, oh. He, he he tried to say I love you in every way except saying right. I love you, and he's like That's this right. fucking idiot. Why won't he just say I love you? Oh wait, I wrote this. Oh wait, I lived it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I don't know. Andy Circus is Kong. Like I just Andy Circus just I don't know. I, oh, he man. the dude knows how to play. Of like the the world eaters like sucking him into them is uh-uh. nope. never. Nope, never that's leaves my mind. Nope, that gave me nightmares for so long that I'm like, because I really thought that was going to be a thing. I'm like, I'll have to look out for that. You know, if if I ever come in, I don't know, into contact with those things, what do you do? There's nothing you can do against them. You know, it's like, and yeah, it was a real real threat to me as a kid. I'm like, well, I I never want to encounter one of those things. Um, so yeah, it was was a an initially a scary movie, and then like I cried not knowing why, but then. I watched it again, and I'm like, oh, man, no, now now I get it, you know. Um, was just a really su- uh, a pleasant surprise on on, on that project. Um, it is a oh, long one, though. Three hours. Um, it's got, three it's hours got, a, it's got the chunk to it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's worth it, man. It's one that I don't get around to watching too often, but when I do, I thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm glad it's getting love somewhere because – Unfortunately, did not make my top 100, but uh, it it was deserving of such a thing. So, uh, but I'm gonna keep it going with another one of our 52 year journey through film movies. Um, little connection there at 73. This one might be a little low for most people's taste, kind of. And I'm I'm interested to see if you have it and how much higher it would be. Um, this is where I have 1989's Dead Poets Society. Directed by Peter Weir, starring Robin Williams, um, and wow. Ethan Hawke, and yeah. Robert Sean Leonard, and yeah, just a just a fantastic cast and fantastic performances, fantastic writing. Uh, falls into that, you know, the series of movies I've had in a row here, where self harm comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and this oh. one more devastating than most movies. It will make it's me sob. One million times out of one million um there's there's no way i'm gonna watch this without crying and the only reason it's this low is because it makes me feel that way and because i haven't watched it since we did the 52 year journey through film like if i'd watched this recently i'd be like this is a top 30 movie you know like it's it's that well made it makes me feel that deeply uh mm-hmm. robin williams is brilliant ethan hawk is so good in this movie man uh I love Ethan Hawke too. Like it's, uh, he's an actor that I'll never tire of. And, uh, you know, the, the key performance put on there by Robert Sean Leonard and kind of, uh, mm. sealing the deal 
with making this movie as emotionally devastating as it is. Um, just, yeah, just a wonderful movie. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, "Fuck, yeah, what I have it here," you know. Uh, but you know, it's, it's the, the deed is done. It's here. Uh, and I, I do love this movie with all my heart, as I do so many of the movies on my list. Um, but yeah, mm. Dead Poet Society. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Man. Yeah, that's. Ooh. I remember I was like, Ooh. whenever I put it on my list, I had it. I think I had it around like I. I it was probably before the list was complete or anything, but then I'm like, I remember just kept like, this was one movie that just kept going up. Like, I'm like, is it better than that? Oh, well, yep. Is it better than that? Yep. Better, yep. Just kept, kept climbing its way up. Um, but it'll, it'll be in a couple episodes. Okay. Uh, for me. So I, I do, I do have it on there. That's for sure. Uh, this, this was one from the 52 year journey that, I mean, I was looking through the list and I'm like, oh yeah, for this one's, this one's on there without a doubt. Um, and you know, I guess I didn't realize I have I have a couple space movies um, in this one, actually, uh, not just one. Uh, so I'll, I'll make up for for your the lack of uh, an alien hey, slash space got movie. Got a double, double um, up, double dip. This uh, it's 2016 Passengers uh, by directed by Morton Tildum Tildum T Y L D U M, um, but starring. Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. I was gonna um, say that's interesting. I, I did I didn't expect this out of you. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, no, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in there for a little bit too. Okay, um, I think it's it's more of like the the concept of this movie and just like I mean, there it's really just Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt alone on yeah. a ship for yeah, I mean, yeah, almost two hour movie. Um, but it you know Chris Pratt he woke up wasn't supposed to. You know, he, he acts it and he purposefully wakes up Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. without telling her. Um, then pretty sure like the bartender is the guy who like drops the secret to Jennifer Lawrence. He's like, Oh wait, wait, what's that? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like I wasn't supposed to wake up or whatever. And right. Figures it out. It's all like, I don't know. It was just, uh, I really like the, the ship itself was really cool. And, and like the inside of it was really sick and, and like all, like even, You'd think, like, by this time they'd have a lot more stuff figured out, but there was still, like, tears to, like, um, what food you even got. You know, like, Chris Pratt was going to the cafeteria that is the only dude awake in the whole ship, and he can only get, like, a black coffee, um, or, like, a cereal, you know, like, a very basic cereal, or, like, it was just, uh, like, no options available to him, but then Jennifer Lawrence comes along, and she's, like, has, like, the top tier everything, and she can just get whatever she wants, um... But I don't know. I, I uh, Chris Pratt, you know, he's kind of an actor where I, I can I can give and take. You know, like I, I love him in Guardians, but he's probably the least interesting out of everyone in Guardians, other than like in Guardians Two, he's kind of very uh, mainly focused on there in his story. But but um, I don't know. I, I I can I can leave or take Chris Pratt, but I, I I don't know. I really enjoyed him in this one. I think the way they play he played off Jennifer Lawrence. I know it's just their. The Jennifer Lawrence is brilliant. I love me some J Law. She's uh she's awesome. Uh yeah. this is one that like uh <clears throat> is the highest recommendation I've ever heard of the movie. Um yeah. it's been one that I've I mean I've seen I, I remember when it was released, I remember the trailers, I remember all this stuff, and it was just never interesting. Like I never really? interesting to me. Like I, I was never oh. like, ah, you know what? I gotta watch that. But now that you've put it on a top 100 list, I might have to go ahead and check it out. You know, like, uh, it was just like, 
I mean, so much happens. Like, that's just, like, insane. Like, looking back, like, just looking at some of the pictures and stuff like that. Like, it's, I forgot how much actually happens in this movie. And, and it, like, I don't know, just a love story in there, uh, sci-fi. There's, like, just a lot of things going for it that, that I mean, I, I really like. Like, it's it's in space. It's about, you know, it's already <laughs> going to be high on my list. But this, um, this is a funny little uh, little bit tidbit here because... Uh, me and my mom like grew up. I I grew up watching movies with my mom like all the time. Uh, she's mm-hmm. I credit her very greatly with the reason I love watching movies. Like we would just sit around and watch movies for hours. Um, so her opinion became one that I like really, really, really trusted. You know, like if uh, if if my mom didn't like the movie, I probably wasn't gonna like the movie. And that was for a very long time. But obviously, my tastes have evolved quite mm. a good deal <clears throat> since mm-hmm. I was. 12 um and so my mom watched this movie and she did not now i'm remembering why i did not ever engage with this movie my mom Uh. did not like it Mm. there's a decent chance that now i would probably like it if my mom didn't um not to not to say that i i she doesn't have bad taste or anything but uh I, i find myself enjoying a lot of movies that I would never recommend to my mother, you know, like I'd be like, this one's not for her. And maybe this uh, is one of those, you know, uh, maybe yeah. this is one of those. Yeah, it's um, nothing like, I mean, I, I'm not going to hold it at like, uh, it's not like anything insane or like it's, it's, I don't, it's no I, I, I think even, society. Yeah, even when you watch it, I don't, I don't think it makes your top 100. Like that's, I, it's not going to knock anything off. I wouldn't um, expect it to, but the, you got to watch movies like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of a, the concept in itself it's like a, a very unique movie um like just you know there's been people stranded out in space and and kind of stuff like that but but when you have like this purposefully waking someone up and i, I guess i kind of spoiled some of it um okay. a little bit um but there's i mean there's a lot more in that movie that happens uh than than just that and uh i don't know it's just a really cool i mean it, it was 2016 so it was kind of like my my space high how anything space i'm i'm going for um and this just i mean i'm a 16 year old boy i was probably probably really attracted um to jennifer lawrence as well just at the time and i'm probably like yeah this this movie's just probably one of the best of all time just because she's in it um Uh, you wouldn't be uh you wouldn't be alone in that my friend you would not be alone in that jennifer lawrence was a uh i mean in our teen years at the peak of her fame yeah yeah. yeah, that was that was that woman right there. Mm-hmm. Um, she still is. Yeah, the specific. Record. There is a scene uh, where it's just like an observatory on the ship itself, but it's kind of like a hologram version. So like you're sitting like right in the middle of space when you look at everything. And I, it's like just a little small moment that like means nothing. But I just remember seeing that and being like, that's just one of the coolest shots. Like, I, I don't know. It was just it was just a really cool, cool shot in the movie. And and like just a lot of. I don't know. Really cool, just spacey shots um, that are in here, um, and really cool concept of of the ship and everything like that. But, but um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in, in quite some time. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I watch it again, and I'm like, oh wait, maybe this isn't the movie I quite thought it was. Um, yeah, but it, I don't know. It at least at least made a like my brother and my dad. It's another movie that that they watch all the time as well, um, or used to. So, but yeah. 
Um, no, I like that. I like that. It's it's definitely one of those ones I did not expect to get a, get a mention. So I'm mm-hmm. I love stuff yeah. like that. Whenever it's just like, oh, okay, cool, fuck yeah, I love that. Uh, passengers, mm-hmm. I dig it. But uh, <clears throat> my seventy two is going to be my third and final Wes Anderson movie of the episode. Um, this is where I have Rushmore from nineteen ninety eight, starring Jason Schwartzman and Bill mm-hmm. Murray and Olivia Williams. Uh, I, there's something about this movie that I just, I don't know. It's one of my, one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. And it's hilarious that it's seven out of 11, you know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. that's just how much I like Wes Anderson movies. You know, I'm like, uh, Jason Schwartzman is a fantastic actor and this being his debut role was so fucking awesome. Uh, I love Bill Murray and Olivia Williams is kind of the beating heart of this movie without Mm. her. It doesn't really work. Um, and I think that it just, uh, it resonates so deeply with me and the, the exploration of this sort of coming of age that, you know, Wes, he does a little bit of it every once in a while, you know, like, uh, but this is, I think this would be his only true coming of age movie. Moonrise Kingdom might gum up the works there, but, uh, yeah, but as far as like a high school, like the typical idea of what you think of with a coming of age movie, I think Rushmore is kind of, it's, it's one of my favorite coming of age movies mm-hmm. and, uh, one of my favorite high school movies, you know, like movies set in high school are always fun. I like, I like stuff like that. And, uh, this one hits, I, I fucking love it. So Rushmore came in here at my, uh, mm-hmm. at my 72. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And if you want more Rushmore talk, we've got a whole episode of it for you. And uh, we'll be, we'll be revisiting it next episode as well. I figured. Uh, very, I figured. very, um, close. And I don't know. I, I, the, the bottom of Wes's movies, I like, I don't really know. Like I, I always go back and forth as to like, what are my, what's my least favorite Wes movie? Um, and this one's in the conversation for me, at least with, with just two others, but they're, they're all, that's the thing is that like it, one of them's just got to be at the bottom, but they're not bad. Yeah. None exactly. of them are bad. Um, one of them's just got to be down there. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get to it very, very early next episode. Um, it'll be the, the first one mentioned. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but no, really, really fun movie there. And, and yeah, for it to be Jason Schwartzman's like first like debut role like that that is kind of insane and like i I remember like hearing that after when we recorded the episode i'm like okay damn that's that is i don't know i really the actors that wes picks i mean he he knows his act like he 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 knows um but yeah i'm uh okay oh this one it might be a little too low but it's just i haven't seen it in such a long time and I couldn't justify putting it any higher, but man, I, I I love this movie. Um and it is 1985's The Goonies, um, directed by Richard Donner. Um and I, I don't know what it was. This one was kind of like not just my brother and sister were would watch this movie, but like all of my cousins as well. Like I'm one of fourteen on my mom's side, one of fifteen on my dad's side. But this was a a mom mom side cousin I don't know we just obsessed over this movie um and I just it's another another like a, a a trope that I'm finding that I like a whole lot is like whenever just it's a group of kids 
that mm. are thrown into this crazy situation that you'd usually Always expect it, yeah, to be found in. And and it's just, you know, I they're just trying to find the treasure of, of One-Eyed Willie. You know, that's it. And they, they just have this artifact in their attic to go off of. And it's just it's just an adventure movie. Um, oh, Steven Spielberg wrote it with Chris Columbus. He wrote it with Christopher. He time traveled back in time to write this with Christopher Columbus. Which Chris Columbus insane. directed Home Alone. Oh, okay. This has um, a creative team behind it. Richard Donner directed Superman, nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, the Donner, we're about to get to yeah. that actually too. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. A whole lot of. Uh, whole lot, I, I did a whole think. lot of awesome colliding with the Goonies. Key Kwan is in that movie as Data. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Josh Brolin is in here. What is uh? Let's see. What did he? He played Brand. Who was Brand? Is that the older brother? Yeah, he was the older yeah. brother. Okay, the the cool older brother. Um, but I don't know. I was just uh, it was just an an adventure movie that like. It always piqued my interest, like, as a kid, was just like, man, I wish I could go on an adventure like this with my friends, you mm. know? Like, it, it would be the coolest thing ever to find some buried treasure, or, like, you just, they're in this cave, they have to go through a bunch of booby traps, that's key, yeah, that's, that's a booby trap! It's a booby trap, guys! That That's what I, yeah. I remember, remember that from the, hey, you guys! Yeah. Like the, oh, and then he comes in, swing, oh, the Donner connect, that's pretty cool, he actually, like, has a little Superman moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's pretty cool. Um, but I don't know. It was just a a really feel good, just fun, adventurous movie um, that I watched as a kid. And I remember like the theme, like the music of it too. Um, like would just get me going. Like the the first scene, it opens up with like just a someone breaking out of prison. Like the bad guys mm-hmm. that like have the bar or like whatever, and they're like hiding the tree. I don't know. Like. What was their role actually? Were they just trying to find the treasure too, or were they just like, yeah? What did they do? Like, why were they the bad guys? Were they just trying to stop the kids from going down there? Like, did they know the treasure was down there, or like they just had? Yeah, now that I think about it, I, I don't really know. I haven't seen the Goonies in years. Yeah, it's um, been a while. It has been a while for me as well. I so remember that's... loving it though. This is one that I. Uh... I know that if I revisited it, it would have climbed in, into my top 100 because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it was, I fucking adored this movie, man. In fact, I think it's sitting right outside my top 100 mm. uh, on this very list. But uh, mm. this was a, a mom movie for me. My dad has never seen it, even to this day. My dad has still not seen The Goonies. Yeah, um, this, was my... a, this was a dad movie for me. He loved The mm. Goonies. Um, okay. But uh, I don't know. I just, I, it felt wrong to put it this low for some reason, but then, like, again, every movie that's above it is, like, there. I mean, it's, one's yeah, just got to go below. I don't know. Like, yeah, at this point, I'm just... just the way things work. Good movies. Um, but, yeah, The Goonies was just a, a fun kids' adventure um, movie that, that I just... I watched the hell out of um, all the time as a kid. But, but yeah, it's where... Uh, is that second to last um, here? Yeah. 71, yeah. 71 here. My 71, another one that I think many, and I think you particularly, will find uh, quite low compared to where you might have it. Um, it's another 52-year journey through film one. Um, okay. This one is 1997's Good Will Hunting, directed Ooh. by Gus Van Sant. Um, yeah. I, uh, 
I enjoy this movie thoroughly. Yeah, it'll yeah, be, I do it'll too. Be in a, I do a too. while uh, for me, but uh, I love I love Matt Damon and I love Robin Williams and I love Ben Affleck and I love and I love and I love. You know, like it's just uh, it's such a good fucking movie. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of Stellan Skarsgård and Minnie Driver. It's just such a a stacked cast with such a resonant story for someone in our age range you know Mm. if you're Mm -hmm. if you're college age basically 19 to 23 i would say this movie is going to hit harder than at any other time in your life i think and uh just a such a resonant movie you know it's it makes me so happy it's one of the best endings in any movie ever i think you know gotta go see about a girl kills me guts me Uh, i love it rips my heart out but puts it right back in and makes it beat harder than it ever has i love it i love it Um, yeah and i don't know like ben affleck and and uh matt damon like writing it too like i remember whenever we were going over the in the project i'm like man they act like they wrote this movie uh this was like their their thing um and that just i don't know it it felt like a very personal movie like that there was passion behind this movie um and and yeah i got i got it much much further up on mine um that's for sure i think let's see oh yeah yeah i got it in my 20s actually uh for me um it was just one that was on the 52 year journey that that just hit very very hard um oh, it does. and i it i does. just uh, I was crying like a baby during that movie. Like it was, I, I forget, like there's one scene where I'm just crying. I feel like it's between Robin Williams and Matt Damon. Oh, whenever he's like, uh, it's not your fault. Like, yes. I'm sorry. Oh I'm my sorry. God. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, no, that um, one, I mean, it just, it just tears oh, your fucking soul God. apart, man. The, the part yeah. at the beginning when he's like, uh, you think you got me figured out, you know? Like, uh, and he, he gives him that giant monologue about how, you know, you've, you've, you've heard of the Sistine Chapel and you've seen pictures of it, but do, do you know what it smells like? What does it smell you, like? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just Robin Williams is, man, th- just that, like, that dead poets in, in this role, like, just, I'd want him as a teacher or a counselor or just it, just anyone. Just out in my, my life, life. man. Yeah, I love Robin Williams. And, oh. uh, these are both just movies that if I'd revisited them more recently, before entering this project certainly would have been higher. Um, but I haven't revisited them since our 52 year journey through film. And, uh, I just, I just know for a fact yeah. that I, I would, these would be higher, you know, goodwill hunting was a movie when I watched it for the first time for the 52 year journey through film, the movie mm-hmm. ended and I started it over. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch this shit again. You know, like, it's it's just it's just that good of a movie. Matt Damon, you know, like we've been saying, just quietly one of my favorite actors of all time, you know, without even really realizing it. He just kind of pops mm-hmm. up in a ton of movies that I absolutely adore. Um, you know, Casey I'm uh, Affleck's in here, too. I, uh, yeah, Casey Affleck, um, he was the, the brother of Ben. Um it's a, oh, were they just like riding the car together, like to their wherever they worked or something? I forget. Like, yeah, he's just always kind of there. He's just a friend. He's like one of their friends. Um, I think he actually plays Ben Affleck's younger brother in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Is uh, Morgan? I don't know of a no last name there, but Chucky and Morgan. Um, mm. if, no, so yeah, they could be brothers. I'd, I'd yeah. imagine. Well, imagine so. 
Um, I would imagine. If they, if they, um, you know, if you had a but yeah, Stellan Skarsgård having that sort of je- jealousy at Will Hunting and being like, you have this genius, why don't you use it? But Robin Williams like, you gotta follow your heart, man. Like, I love, I love that shit. I, I'm a sucker for that sort of story. And mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, if I'd watched this more recently, there's no way it wouldn't be higher. But I haven't watched it in a while, so here it is at 71. Um, love Goodwill Hunting, yeah. and that's what I got here. All right. Well, to cap this episode, uh, for me, I guess I do have one more alien kind of movie, but not really in the way you think. Um, this is where I have 2007's Transformers by Michael Bay. Um, the the first one. I I I don't really care. Like, there's a there's some diehard Transformers fans out there. Um, that go really, really crazy for the new movies. And I just, I don't know. I, I've never, I think there were just too many out at the point where I'm like, oh, I got to watch like three to catch up to wherever this one's at. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm already so far behind. I'm, I'm just kind of too late on this one. Um, but the first one, I just, I don't know. I think, you know, Michael Bay, he gets his uh, crap thrown at him. is just, he, he just likes to blow stuff up and any chance he can get to just to, to make explosions happen or whatever. But I don't know. This this one is, like, uh, not really alien, as I said. Um, but I remember just, like, always imagining, like, man, what it would be like to have a Transformer. Like, what oh, just your okay. car. You know, like, imagine if your car could just, I don't know, just no one would mess with you. You know, you, mm-hmm. got, you have a freaking, like, 100-foot-tall robot at your side at all times. Who knows how, like, how that shit all works, how they pack it all in a car. I don't want to think about it. It just, they're from a different planet or solar, whatever. Um, but like, I remember like the all spark, like whenever the government had it, like at the Hoover dam or whatever. And then it like, it was huge, like massive, but then it like slowly started like condensing itself, like back into like just a little cube mm. that Sam wiki, uh, could hold. Yeah. he's, thinking about selling his glasses on eBay, his grandpa's glasses that ends up being like the key to where like the AllSpark is or something like, you know, something crazy. But, um, and another, you know, when this came out, Megan Fox was in here, probably another, you know, just childhood crush there. In love, Transformers. love a good Megan Fox. Yeah. This is a, it's a franchise that missed me. I, uh, I never, I've never seen a single Transformers movie. Not even the first one. I've never watched any of them and maybe i did watch transformers at some point but it didn't stick with me hard enough to Mm. for me to even remember it wow Um, yes i I really don't think i did i really don't think i did i think he produced Um, the first one maybe um who because spielberg Uh, yeah i thought it i think i think he produced he produced transformers and uh he's i mean very active producer steven spielberg so yeah this i don't know it was the first, like the first one's the only one that I can really talk about. I'm not throwing all the other ones in here with it. I just I haven't seen them. Um, I have only seen the first one, but but just Optimus Prime. That's just one of the the sickest motherfuckers. Optimus there Prime. Really. Like, oh, yeah, like no. I've I've heard so much about this franchise and I've seen so many mm-hmm. visuals from it. It's just something that like I uh, for some reason when I was younger just never never reached me and. Uh, wow. I, I, I ought to, I don't know if I ought to go back and like, I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of desire to, but maybe the yeah. first one at the very least. And that's, that's um, the only one that I, I ever like, and the last time I probably watched, it was a good two, three, four years ago. So oh, there's a new know. one. There's a new one a couple months back. Yeah. Uh, Rise of the Beasts or maybe last mm-hmm. month. Um, I, I almost just crazy. went and saw that just cause. 
Um, yeah, just they, to they be go like, crazy okay. now. There's like dinosaurs or something in yeah, one of them. Gorilla, I think. Um, mech, um, mecha gorilla. Mark Wahlberg, I think, is in, is in something. Yeah, like I, I don't yeah. know really anything. Mark Wahlberg, Shia LaBeouf, uh, all sorts yeah. of shit. Um, but uh, yeah, the f- first one's the only one I can really, really talk to. Oh, <laughs> John uh, Totoro uh, is uh, Falcone. He's, he's in this. Yeah, I forgot about him. He's just like a fed in this one. I love um, me some John Turturro. He's a he's a great actor. I've got him somewhere. I've got him in a couple places higher up the list. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I just uh, there's a lot of military stuff in this one too. Like uh, it's kind of military heavy at some points. But but I don't I don't know. Whenever it just gets into the like just Sam like Shia and then his and Bumblebee like that's I don't know. It's it's such a feel good movie. Like at the end, you're just like. I don't know. It feels like you just won this massive battle. Like it's it's nuts. Like where where it goes to, that's for sure. Like it, Megatron. That's an evil. That's an evil dude right there. That dude is. I think uh, for some reason in my, you know how like when you're a kid, there are certain things that like are at odds in your mind, but like for anyone else, it doesn't really make sense for them to be like it's either one or the other. But everyone else would be like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that was like Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I fucking love TMNT. So interesting um, because I'm on the other side. I've never mm-hmm. seen any. I've seen every Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja. Yeah. I've watched every Teenage huh. Mutant Ninja Turtles thing there is. Um, huh? Int- yeah, maybe maybe I there is something more to that. I don't know because um, it's not just you. I mean, I got. I'm just on the other side of the coin on that one. Um, yeah, no, so maybe there is like, something. I, I, for some reason, it was like uh, Transformers. No. I like the Ninja Turtles, and I don't know why that was the case. Um, uh, <laughs> can't, I can't explain it to you now by any means. Uh, it made sense when I was then, younger. Though. That was where my head was at. Uh, like, when I watch the Transformers, I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Okay, guys, I don't know what what you're what you're coming at me for, but yeah, that's. Oh, there are things like that as a kid all the time. Like, oh yeah, like, uh, and and I don't know, don't know what the fuck, why, you know, I don't know why, uh, but it's just so funny to think about that. I love me some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles though, um, hmm. uh, but that's a good place to cap off the episode. I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cap it off with a different uh, sort of fantastical uh, realm, and this is where yeah. I'm going to 1988 willow directed by ron howard starring warwick davis val kilmer and joanne whaley um it was one of my favorite fantasy pieces of fantasy fiction ever uh i don't i don't have any lord of the rings movies on my top 100 i do have willow you know like uh it's just uh i there's something so heartwarming about it i love val kilmer you know uh him as mad martigan is one of my favorite favorite performances of his ever um, and I love Warwick Davis, you know, that's, uh, that's mm. the, in almost every star Wars movie, or I think in every star Wars movie since return of the Jedi, where he played wicket, the Ewok. Um, and now he's just kind of popped up in a bunch of random stuff throughout star mm. Wars. Um, this is a, it's a Lucasfilm classic, you know, um, I'm sad that the spinoff show got canceled and then canned altogether. Yeah, I um, never even got to see it. Nope. Um, yep. It came out like at the beginning of this year, and then they were like, "Oh, bye." 
guess so it's probably on like i could probably pirate it you know i bet it's up there you could probably pirate like, it yeah you could so probably weird, pirate man. it but i don't think you can buy it like i don't think that's one that you can like westworld you can like oh you can buy the whole season for 40 dollars mm-hmm. on app you cannot do that with willow um wow that's, that's so that's, weird yeah that no idea so um but the sh- the the show was a wonderful sequel to the movie um a, a nice legacy like uh, a refreshing legacy sequel you know because mm. legacy sequels are typically off of things that are like massive hits willow was a yeah that's... it's kind of a cult classic it's not really mm. like uh oh this movie was so fucking huge we gotta have a sequel you know like no it was it, it, it hit for a group of people and then 40 years later they were like hey what if we did a little little fucking thing about this um yeah, I, I still haven't seen uh, this the the movie or the show. I haven't seen either. Um, but when the show came out, I mean, I just it was like one of the only things I heard about for like a long like for a very long, like. While I the might TV be show was I like, might be partially to blame for that too. I talked about it a lot. No, um, I feel like it was just all over Twitter, all over everything. Like dude, it was Willow. Just it's it's a wonderful, wonderful story, man. A, a great underdog story. Uh, Warwick Davis as the lead is incredibly refreshing like and so lighthearted and so fun and like uh uh just just the epic journey that they go on just a wonderful underdog story and i i I love this movie with all my heart so willow had to had to round out the 70s for me Um, wow love me some willow we got there um but yeah two very different movies it seemed transformers and willow yeah I, i love just like the you know Nothing is ever gonna make like make sense next to each other. Like just because one seventy on mine like doesn't like there's no correlation. Yeah, there's whatever. no there's no uh, fucking <laughs> criteria that's like well at seventy you gotta have this kind of movie. Yeah, no, like, but, like some of these comparisons are just hilarious. Like Romeo and Juliet and Signs. You know, like I, I don't know. It's just like it, it's just really funny to put two movies next to each other. The Banshees of Insurance and Toy Story. Um, I don't know. I, I love. I just. I love all the switch-ups we, we have here. But you got a friend in me. Ah, love it. But that, that does conclude the 70s for us. And if you'd like, uh, rattle that off for me, 70 through 79. Yeah, 70, I have Transformers. 71, The Goonies. 72, Passengers. 73, King Kong. 74, Toy Story 3. 75, Signs, 76, Step Brothers, 77, Ford vs. Ferrari, 78, Moneyball, and 79, Robots. Love it. Love it. Mine is 70, Willow, 71, Goodwill Hunting, 72, Rushmore, 73, Dead Poet Society, 74, Banshees of Inisherin, 75, Romeo and Juliet, 76, The Royal Tenenbaums, 77, Mission Impossible, 78, Isle of Dogs, and 79, The Hidden Fortress. Um, so far, it's been a fun little streak of being able to create the graphics where I've had like an animated character and an action hero. And I'm so yeah. glad that I get to like continue that because I'm probably going to do either Woody or Buzz and Ethan Hunt, which is just hilarious. Um, that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking it. rocks. Uh, yeah, so, John Wick and Lightning McQueen. That, <laughs> that one, whenever you first sent it to me, that one just, I don't know. It was, it was, I just was not expecting it. And, Never, you know, never would have thought of them together ever no. if it wasn't because of this. Um, so Buzz, yeah, Buzz Lightyear and Ethan Hunt, I think, is is in the works. Uh, awesome. Miles Morales and Jason Bourne for the eighties. 
Um, but I'm excited to see if the streak will be able to continue in the 60s. I got kind of lucky this week with the with the one Let's animated, uh, the, the animate the couple animated entries. I could do a robots one too. I could do Rodney Copperbottom. Um, that's true. That is true. But yeah, I got I got no animation next next episode. Ah, uh, looks like the streak will end then because oh, no. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Let's see. Making but, sure. Yeah. No. I got one some right outside it, but yeah, no. I will Not spoil there. the 60s a little bit. Um, not completely. I've got two movies in the sixties that are pretty widely considered some of the greatest pieces of American cinema ever. So wow. like, uh, we might line up here in this episode, then that's kind of crazy. If it is the, what I'm thinking of, which is nuts. Um, but that, that should be interesting. Um, cause I don't, I don't know. know. I, gotta... I was just going through movies and I'm like, yeah. I think I would watch that over this. I don't know. Like, I liked it. It's good. It's great. But I don't know. Maybe we're talking about something widely different. I don't know. I think we are. I think I know what you're talking about, and I have that much higher. Um, um Yeah. But, I don't know. It just, uh, it just kept falling for me. I don't um, think you'll have either of the ones that I've got popping up in my 60s. Okay. That's, that's, that's a little little spoiler for you. Uh, um, I was looking at the 50s anyways. Um, so I wasn't even looking ah! at the 60s. Um, I will so say as well for the fifties, I have a couple of what many would consider a couple of the greatest pieces of American film ever. Uh, and that's kind of what you can say for every single 10 after this. Um, yeah, dude, it just it, next week is when it's like it particularly, it's already been heating up and heating up and heating up, but man, there's a, there's a leap in what I would say consistent quality. Uh, in my in my fifty in my sixties and fifties. That's true. Yeah, I don't have any more like robots or stuff that I'm you know just kind of thrown in there for the the kid aspect. A lot of these are now well maybe one. Um, but but yeah, I, a lot of these are getting they're good now. These are getting some hot, getting good hot. movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, with that, we will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. If you would. Head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. I got some written content over there for $1.50 a month, and for $3 a month you can get our audio content. You know, we were talking about space and aliens and all that and how these movies keep popping up. We got a whole conversation earlier this month about aliens, man, and the whole government hearing and everything. That's over there on Patreon. I'm doing a... My first viewings project, I wrote a review for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which got a got a little shout out earlier this episode just a little bit ago. Um, I, I wrote a review for that, and I'm very, very happy with it. Um, but yeah, we got uh, tons of content over there, and you can support this podcast financially at patreon.com slash pennybloompod, which is a huge help because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram and threads at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. We've been gain we gained a couple reviews uh, recently on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, which I was so appreciative to see. Thank you. Thank really you. makes my day when that happens. We've got seven reviews on Spotify right now. Who doggy? <laughs> it was at two forever. So like, um, I'm very happy oh. with seven. Oh, okay. Um. And, uh, nice. it's at five stars, which means nobody's, nobody's given us anything but fives. And I'm very, very cool with that. Uh, I appreciate y'all so dearly. Um, but yeah, 
uh, remember to download. August has been a brilliant month for us so far, and I'm hoping that it it, it continues the trend July set for us. Um, very, very happy with those numbers right now, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to do this no matter how many people are listening, but mm-hmm. it does make it a lot more fun to know you are. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we're talking all these movies, these brilliant movies. Uh, remember to just... Uh, Maintain a bit of solidarity with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA as they continue uh, their struggles against the studio uh, as they continue to be on strike. You know, all these brilliant movies, 100 of my favorite movies ever would not have been possible if it weren't for the actors and writers who took part in it. Um, and they're, they're the most important people in making movies, you know, along like the creatives that's that's where it's at not the studio heads i saw a tweet earlier today that was like it was about across the spider-verse and they said this is what happens when a studio cares about the movie they're making there anyone below that you'd like to give credit for caring about the movie they're making like what the fuck are you what the fuck uh I, i think they actually expressly said when a company cares about oh. the movie they're making, oh. which made it even worse. Yeah, that's, it just, made, it just put a bad worse. taste in my mouth. And uh, it didn't have any likes or anything. Like, it was a reply, mm-hmm. but, like, it wasn't a popular opinion. But I want you all to know that that's a stupid fucking opinion. Uh, when a director cares, when a writer cares, when an actor cares, that's when you feel it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. A company can have no fucking stake in a movie that's brilliant, you know? It's all most of the time they for don't. them. Yes. That is, it is all uh, it is for them. And the the stuff that the WGA and the Actors Guild are asking for, it's like less than one percent of their annual profit. Yeah, it's I, less than one percent of each of their so annual bad. profits. Yeah, like that's fucking disgusting. So, yeah, I, I've said it at the end of every episode we've been doing. Um, at the end of every episode where we discuss movies or TV, and it's it's going to continue until it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, until their the guidelines require us to stop or ask us to stop covering movies we're going to continue covering movies and if that time comes we'll gladly we'll gladly take part um but it hasn't yet so we will continue um we've also got uh part four out today uh for the top 100 you got the uh the 60s also available to you now um this friday our comic book movie journey through film continues with What's after Fantastic Four? I don't think we've X-Men, recorded this yet. The Last Stand. Oh, X Men: yeah. The Last Stand. That's actually this is the first time in a while I've been promoting an episode that we haven't recorded yet. Yeah, so uh, I know X Men: The Last Stand. I've got a fun story about X Men: The Last Stand that I know for a fact I will be telling on that episode. We just haven't done it yet. Oh, so it'll be fun. All right. Yeah, X Men: The Last Stand this Friday. Uh, Game of Thrones season five premiere was this uh, this previous Monday. We're into mm-hmm. season five now. Uh, winter is blooming is going strong we got some work to do next week we that did. caught up with us fast didn't it Indeed. uh yeah. yeah it's been a while since we've been promoting stuff that like we have not recorded uh it's usually all it's usually all backed up for us uh but yeah uh it's bizarre going to the the, the distribution platform transistor and seeing like 426 episodes published one scheduled and i'm like oh my yeah. god that uh, number has never been that low feels um, weird now yeah yeah, it's bizarre but we, we got we got some shit to do but i'm excited to get to it um but yeah with that i was colton robertson i was joined by joseph george thank you very much homie thank you for having me it's always a pleasure to be here
Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, I'm going to switch it up this time. Peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Matt Damon. Ah. Got some love this week. Bye-bye.